1: Matthew with the question. Kingston still seems to be in decision making mode. Do you feel more or less confident with his recruitment the longer he takes to make his choice? Wasn't he just at USC this past? No, he was at Ohio State. Ohio State was his most recent visit. That was two weeks ago. Gotcha.
2: Um, Do you feel more or less? I, I feel like more confident the longer it drags out, to be honest with you reason why is because again, now I'm talking about a decision, not an announcement, because then he could have made a decision four days ago and he's not going to announce until July 21st or something like that. But like, let's assume he hasn't made a decision and I don't know that he has made a decision. So I'm just going to, I think that's a safe assumption. The longer this drags out, the less it becomes an emotional decision. And the more it makes me think that he wants to go to Notre Dame and he's having to tell all the people pulling him to stay home. Because the easy decision is USC. Yes.
1: That's the easy decision. Yes. Right? Cuz that's the hometown yep. team and all of that. So, you're right. Yep. I agree with you. The longer it takes for him to make that call, the better it is for Notre Dame. No doubt about it. Yep. Cuz that's always how it goes. When if you're making the harder decision, it's going to take longer to make it. The easier decision yep. is you just make it and you move on, right? Yep. And the easy decision is USC.
0: Yep. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate
1: Archer of the announced regular season games for future seasons. Which note?
2: this is easy. Which Notre Dame Road game are you most excited to go to? i probably say the one at Alabama. Oh, I mean, okay. I, I, I just I, I wanna I want to see that game. I mean, I think the Kyle Field experience will be pretty cool. They're gonna play in the swamp. That'll be pretty cool. Like that's one. Lambo. But- yeah, but see, I don't, I don't count that as a road game. That's a neutral field game to me. Oh, well, say anything you know, not at Notre Dame, I consider
1: a road game. I got gotcha. you. So I got gotcha. that. That, that no, was it, mine. Yeah, yeah.
2: That that would be the ideal Shamrock Series one. But as far as to me, when I think road game, it's like I want to experience a team, as another in college environment. football place yeah. that that that's got history, tradition. So Notre Dame's going to play this in the next ten years. They're going to play at the Swamp. They're going to play at Alabama. They're going to play at Kyle Field on Kyle Field for Texas A&M. Yeah. Those are all those places are all, I wanted to yeah, go. Like, I've been sure. to Florida State, I've been to Clemson. Those are awesome. Uh you know, so so a lot of those I've been to. Those are the, those non-conferences are ones that I want to
1: I, I think would be really cool to. Agree. I I I see. would I've never been to an SEC, you know, road game situation like I would really in, like the swamp.
2: Yeah, I've only I, been I would to enjoy one that Georgia is pretty awesome, yeah. Yeah. But uh, yeah, the the, the, the mm, they haven't played a, a As they haven't played an SEC road game since I've been covering the team, other than that game against Georgia.
1: Like a legit road game, right? Yeah.
2: Like Bama was neutral field both times, LSU was bowl game both times, Vanderbilt, they didn't play on the road. Uh, I can't. South Carolina was the bowl game. Yeah, bowl game, right. And they haven't, like, I I wasn't here when they played Tennessee and, and, what was it oh three, oh four? A while back, right? Yeah, With yeah. when Goolsby was the start linebacker, they yeah. beat Tennessee at Tennessee. I mean, that's that was a long time ago. I was still coaching when that happened. So yeah, I I haven't I haven't been to it, it, George's the only one I've been to, so it'd be cool to get to some of those. Like I was at Daryl Royal it was a really cool experience. I was down there walking where Bevo was. That was pretty cool. It's a big freaking creature right there, man. That sucker's huge. <laughs> uh but uh yes i mean that's this one of the cool things about the job is i've you know i've been in michigan stadium i've been in ohio stadium yeah i've been uh, to the close ones
1: like i've yeah. been to the big 10 country type i would schools. like
2: to be at a, a game at penn state i've never i've been to a basketball game at penn state but never hmm. a football game at penn state so yeah that'd be pretty fun Yeah, swamp day. would be my number two ahead of behind Kyle Field oh yeah, kyle's be, number one ahead okay. of excuse me ahead of kyle field behind oh Alabama. gotcha okay
1: yeah. Cause I've I always wanted about to go to the swamp. Spring. I've always yeah. wanted to go to the
2: I've swamp, been inside you know? of it. It just, it wasn't, there wasn't a game. I had a friend, uh, Teresa that lived down there and I was visiting a seminary down there. And so I stayed with her and uh, her family and she took me on a, uh, we were down in Gainesville cause she was doing, um, some kind of doctoral work. She was getting her mask, like her doctorate or masters or something at, at Florida at, uh, and so she, Get, that you just walk into the swamp. There was like this fence you could walk through and just walk into the swamp. It pretty it's cool. amazing
1: to me how many stadiums you can just walk into. Yeah,
2: it's like, you can't Notre name. I'm just so used to Notre Dame behind the gilded gates. Yeah, like I'm just... no, it's definitely not the name, man. They got some sniper up on top of the uh, <laughs> the, the touchdown Jesus, is ready to take you out if you get in the stadium, yes, man, un- unbeknownst to them. Uh, yeah, I just walked in. I was like, it's a pretty cool deal, but I've never seen a game there. It's just a different animal yeah. when you oh when you see it with filled like. Yeah, it's just a different animal, man. Yep. Really different animal. Florida Irish week
1: four. We'll see the year versions of both Golden and Knowles on display. Who do you expect will get their respective groups to make the biggest jump in that game and then over the season?
2: Which coach is more willing to adapt to his players instead of trying to fit his players into? And this is going to be the big question for both of them. And, and we've pointed this out before, Jim Knowles. I've pointed out during his career, year three is when his defense takes a big jump. Now there's two things you have to take into equation at Ohio State. Number one, he's dealing with a lot better players at Ohio State than he dealt with at Duke and other places he's been, right? So that should allow you to make a little bit of a faster jump. But then the number two is, is he going to be more willing to – maybe scale some stuff back in order to make sure his players are playing at their highest level that, and the same thing is going to be true with Al Golden. Yep. Is he able to scale back just a little bit to make sure that his players are playing to their fast their potential from a speed and an execution standpoint, whichever coach does that is going to have the best chance to be successful. I think when you break down the rosters, there's, I think Ohio state has more talent on the defensive line right now uh, I think linebackers a bit of a wash from a talent standpoint. I know Buckeye fans will disagree with that. I understand where you're coming from from a production standpoint. No doubt, Tommy Eichenberg is better than anybody Notre Dame had. I'm just saying from a talent standpoint, depth and all that. They're 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 both very. They both have good starters with great young talent behind them. Right, that's where both of them are. Uh, cornerback, I take Notre Dame. Safety, I take Ohio State. So I mean, there's there's some areas where it's like okay. No name's better here, Ohio State's better there. Neither team has a huge advantage, in my opinion, from a talent standpoint. It's which coach is going to do the best job of it's got to be about my guys, not me. Whoever does the best job of that will be who answers this question. And honestly, Florida Irish, I don't know who that's going to be. Jim Knowles' track record is not that he's going to do that, but this is a different animal than where he's right, been before. Dealing with
1: different dudes. And I don't,
2: I don't have enough of a track record of Al Gold to know what he's going to do. About a far as scaling that back. So, I that's a very good question. I, I, and I don't know the answer to it, but who the answer to that's going to have a big impact on that September 23rd game. I'll tell you that right now, Vince, there's no doubt about that.
1: Levi has a mailbag question. Who are your favorite wide receiver targets on the 25 board? I will throw that one to you.
2: Yeah, I mean, there's, look, keep in mind, I haven't watched all the guys in 25, but here's just some guys off the top of my head that no names after that I like. Talon Taylor is my number one dude. I mean, he is flat out. There's a question from from Adam Blair. How does Taylor Taylor compare to Cam Williams? Very different player in some areas. Cam Williams is an outside vertical player, very talented. Talon can do some of that, but he is shifty. He can he can play slot. He can play field. He's fast. He's a good route runner. He's good after the catch. Uh, he's a very talented kid. He's my top receiver in the class. Uh, really like Daylon McCutcheon from Texas. Really good route runner. Not the burner Talon Taylor is. Not the explosive guy, but knows how to play, knows how to catch. Uh, he really, really good player as well. There's a lot to like there. Uh, I like uh, Derek Meadows is physically gifted, very talented, Six five, ran a four five flat at Notre Dame's camp, but he just struggles to catch the ball a little bit. If he can clean up the hands a little bit, he could be a really good one. Uh, I like the Porter kid. I think it's Quincy Porter from Jersey from Bergen Catholic. Big, tall kid. Reminds me a lot of, the, of a young Deion Colsey type of player uh he's a guy that i like a lot off the top of my head i'm trying to think of some other guys vince let me pull up the offer list real quick because there's some there's some other really good players on the board uh that that i really i really like what do you think the number is while you're looking
1: at that what do you think the number is that they're aiming for from a wide receiver standpoint minimum three three. okay
2: minimum three now i think there's a chance they get to four uh with jerome bettis jr as part of that too it just depends on how the season plays out to be honest with you. And I think that's being able to get to potentially get the four is partly why they didn't take a fourth receiver in this class. Gotcha. Is to, you know, potentially have the possibility of getting to four next year. A couple other guys. Uh, I, I like Jamie French a lot, but he's not picking Notre Dame. Uh, it's Cooper Perry. That's who I was thinking of. Cooper Perry from Arizona, really good football player, good athlete, vertical speed, Really good route runner, great hands. He's another kid that I like a lot as well. So, again, there's other guys I still have to break down and, and study and, and all that. But early on, those are my top guys that, that I like at the receiver position. All right. Uh, this is an interesting question. <laughs> all right. Okay. From Irish Guardian at
1: not If guns didn't oh, – this is interesting. All right. If guns didn't exist, what would
2: be your weapon of choice for self-defense? Uh, it depends. You, you'd you have the same discussion you have with guns. Uh, so like, for example, uh, my weapon of choice for home defense and tight co- cause of tight quarters, if I'm having to clear my house, I'm probably doing it with a pistol. Uh, if I have to go outside and, and there's issues that m- take me outside that I have to address, I'm probably going to want my rifle, my AR with the higher mag capacity and stopping power. Uh, so same thing if I, if the guns were gone and didn't exist if i'm talking about something where i'm in my home some sort of knife like big knife sword type of thing you know like do some damage uh since i don't have lightsabers uh and but if i was outside a a bow probably a bow something that can allow you to to do something long distance and get some rapid you know get some rapid you know practice robin hood that's right set them on fire, you know, yeah. <laughs> go, go medieval style. Yeah. Crossbow action. Fortunately it for me, guns do exist. And I yeah. pray to God that I never have to use one in any sort of self-defense situation. It's not something that I would ever talk. Like, I'm not one of those guys is like, I hope so I pray somebody comes and mess with me. I don't want somebody breaking into my house. I don't want some. Somebody- <laughs> I don't ever want to have to be in a situation no. where I have to take another person's life. Like I, that's not something to joke about, you know, right. like, and, and I love guns. I love firearms. And if that moment ever comes, I want to be ready. I pray to God I never have to be in that situation. You know what I mean. So, uh, but uh, I'm just glad that I have them. I'll just leave it at that and go from there. All of them. I'm glad I have all of them. So I have backups to my pack. I'm glad you man. got all of them too, because you're only yeah. a phone call away. Yeah, <laughs> Well, I've already told you, man. If stuff goes down, <laughs> y'all know where to go, right? So we'll be like the patriot. I'm like handing one to Dylan, handing one to you know, <laughs> aim to small, Liam. miss small. Yeah, aim small, miss <laughs> buddy, right. So- <laughs> Got and rock and
1: roll, i got this visual in my head of the four of us like running through the wood
2: with dylan and <laughs> with
1: dylan and liam
2: liam turns around
1: keep up dad
3: Come yeah
2: on. well then chloe <laughs> would be right behind be like where's mine yeah yeah yeah, yeah. and yeah. that kid a rocket launcher that girl's crazy <laughs> yes she is so oh my god oh, that's gracious. so funny that very very well done very well done good question very yeah. good question
1: john a1 is the nickel position a cross train between corner and safety depending on the player could barnes and lewis have
2: more of a safety role while playing the nickel spot in this defense it really depends on the player it really does john i mean yep. it just depends on what the guy's background is i mean if, if your background is playing safety thomas harper would have a much easier transition moving back to play safety than he would out the corner clarence lewis would have a much easier time shifting back out to corner than, than moving mm-hmm. to safety now could that change happen to where Clarence could move to safety by Barnes could make the safety. Sure. But they would have to practice in those, in that role. Right. As opposed to Cause like you have to really treat the nickel nowadays, like it's its own position. I mean, the way that it's used Vince, you have to almost like, remember how, when uh, Mike Elko came, he hired Tyler Santucci. I think it was Tyler Santucci to be his rovers coach. Basically it's like a GA. Now he's his D coordinator, Duke. But like he had someone working specifically with the rover because it was such a unique position. It's not right. really linebacker. It's not really safety. It's its own thing. And I kind of feel like nickel to a degree is becoming that for me. Yeah. To where you almost need like a GA that can work with that position during drills because their work the technique is a little different. The reads are different. Things get on you quicker in the run game from that position. You're not getting crack blocked if you're an outside cornerback. You're getting crack blocked if you're if you're a, a, a nickel. Mm-hmm. it's just a different animal man you're communicating with different people you're communicating with the linebackers and all those type right. of things and i almost feel like it's a position that needs its own coach to a degree you know even if it's just for drills you know and the you know mickens can handle it when it's team stuff and all and seven on sure. seven but like during drills you want right. them doing some little different things and maybe what you're asking your corners or your safeties to do unless they're true cross cross train players um, agreed so yeah I, agreed. I did finally find that question it was michael pate that asked that question about zibikowski we we answered it earlier you know he said talking about i, I would have definitely seen him as a rover i knew that i was an, asked that question by somebody but it was by i didn't it was see by that one. that's great so yeah, yeah good job michael so thanks for that michael he is i knew i saw it Vince. i knew somebody asked me that question but yeah. i wasn't sure it was an email on the board a dm i'd you know get contacted a lot of different ways so i wasn't quite sure where that came from
1: I'm very interested to hear your opinion on this one. I think I know the talent one, but I'm curious as to the second part. So Michael Pate also asks, who do you think had more God-given talent between Brady Quinn and Jimmy Clausen, And why do you think neither had much success in the NFL?
2: Well, I, I think with Brady, I, I, I would, I would assume Vince it's because he, he did have a bit of a slower delivery and he wasn't the most accurate guy in the world. With Jimmy, it just, to me, came down to a lack of leadership and, a, and just the foot injury he just never recovered from. Jimmy played on a really bad foot injury in 09. And I don't think a lot of fans appreciate how jacked up his foot was that he played on that year. He wasn't the most mobile guy to begin with, but I was watching a couple 08 games the other day, and he moved way better that year. I mean, he could – He wasn't mobile, but he could avoid. He could step in out of pressure. He could get out of the pocket and throw a ball away or run for three yards, things like that. But he got really slow with the injury. And so I know fans don't like him, but I'm like, y'all don't understand what Jimmy sacrificed physically to lead that team in 09. Like he played through an injury. Honestly, he shouldn't have played through if if, if we're being honest about it. If we're talking about what's best for your future, he shouldn't have played on it, but he did. He battled through it. And he just never had the foot speed after that to survive in the NFL. And then when you combine that with him not having a, a huge arm, he just he didn't have it have what it takes to to be successful, in my opinion. So slow footed, not having a cannon for an arm is a bad combination in, in football last 15 years or so. And I think that's what hurt the two of them, Vince. I don't know. Do you have a different opinion on that? Well, I think I think uh,
1: Jimmy probably had the most God given talent from a quarterback yeah. scenario, right? And I think, well, honestly, I think one of the things that hurt Brady is is getting drafted to the Browns, and I, and I realize he was an Ohio kid, and you know the the media played it up and all that. Getting drafted, to the, him slipping and getting drafted to the Browns just was about the worst place he could possibly go. Uh, I just mm-hmm. there was just too much pressure on him to bring that franchise back by himself Mm because he had nothing around him from the coaching standpoint, from a player standpoint. Like it was a no-win situation. And unfortunately, sometimes when you get put in that situation and you have year after year of that, even though he ended up going to the Broncos and he ended up going to a couple other places, it just – it's over at that point. You know what I mean? He just got put into such a bad position. I just don't think he could have recovered from that, you know? It agree. was tough. It was really agree.
2: hard. Agree. Agree. Couple. Uh, couple questions along here. My. I know some people don't <laughs> like these questions, but I do want to answer them just quickly because uh, the, they were asked. Yeah, Pete asked, "What's your pistol of choice for home defense? I'm in the market. For me, I have a, a Sig three a P320. Uh, I have an X compact. Uh, the reason I have it is it's and I can actually get to 17 and 21 rounds with it. But it's a it's a little bigger gun. I used to carry it. Uh, Vince, you remember that one I used to carry, but it was just a little too bulky to carry. I was always printing, so you could always know that I was carrying. I carry a 365 XL now, it's much more manageable, and I still can get 15 to 17 rounds with it. Uh, and the 320 is a really reliable, accurate firearm, and that's that's the most important thing. But look, I would say check that out. But what I would encourage you to do is do what I did, and that is do your research on the four or five most reliable well-known firearms you know because you want something that you know all the new th- all the different accessories can fit on but then go to the range and shoot them if you, most ranges will allow you to test out different firearms and this is what i did i thought i was going to get a glock and then my next option was because my m- buddy matt d had he carries a, a smith and wesson mmp uh nine and and uh, i said what well, you know it's a great firearm If a, if a police officer tells you this is what i carry you're going to listen to that i had uh, one of my former players is in um, he's in Border Patrol, like one of the SWAT teams for Border Patrol. So he gave me some advice. He was he's a Glock guy. And then you know, I heard some good things about Sig and CB10. And so I went to the range and I shot them all and the Glock felt weird in my hand. I was super inaccurate with it. Uh, the MMP didn't feel good in my hand. It's a lot like a baseball bat, Vince. like not everybody wears. It's just some just feel better in your hand and, and you shoot better with. Uh, I would encourage you to try out just cause SIG is what I like and I can't stand Glocks cause they just feel weird. You may love a Glock and it may work for you. It's a very de- Glocks are very dependable, reliable, accurate firearms. And that's what matters truly in God forbid a home defense situation uh, uh, or a carry situation, not home defense, but a, a being out in public situation, you want something that, you know, if I have to, if, God forbid, I have to have to put this to work that I know it's going to work and it's going to land where you want it to land. That's the key. And then, practice safety uh prac big time practice make sure that you are are being safety protocols at home out and about that you practice with worst thing you can do is buy a firearm put it beside your bed and never work with it because when you try to use it you're not going to know what to do and you're not going to know you're not going to be able to put it where you want to put it so uh it's definitely take it seriously uh but i i love sig man i think it's a great firearm um the three tweet the p320 is a really good firearm if you get the regular size um but i think what i like about the the x compact is it's a smaller firearm but it still has some weight to it so it's a long, little longer barrel but it the mag capacity for it is phenomenal i mean it, I, have, I have a 21 uh, magazine extender that i can use for that one so um that that uh that works for me. And then here's, here's the next one uh, that I wanted to get to Vince from Mr. 2.0. And then we'll be done with this particular topic.
1: He says, Hey, Brian, surprise you didn't say
2: shotgun to clear your house. So, uh, first of all, I don't own a shotgun because my wife doesn't want one. She prefers a rifle, but a shotgun for me is one of those things where I'm not trying to clear a house with it for two reasons. Number one is ideally if someone breaks in our home, we're going to barricade in our room. If you want to steal my TV, I'm not going to go looking for a gunfight because somebody tried to steal my TV. I'm just, I'm not now if my wife or my dogs are out of the, of our room and I'm going to go protect them. Sure. But the thing is, is you got to think about maneuverability. I understand why you would think shotgun stopping power, right? But you're trying to maneuver around corners and things like that. And it is hard to maneuver unless you are a, you know, unless you're someone who's trained in close quarter combat in the military. maneuvering with a rifle and a shotgun around walls and things like that is not an easy thing to do. It's much easier to do uh, uh, with a pistol as long as you got the right caliber. So that's why I would say to clear my house, I'm not taking a bigger, I'm not taking my rifle. I'm not taking, I have a, my home defense weapon has a light on it and that's, uh, I'm not a red dot guy for my pistol. It has a light on it. And God forbid I ever have to be in that situation. Cause like the worst case scenario events is I'm in the basement, Angela's upstairs in bed and someone breaks in the home.
1: Yeah. Cause that's She's mostly barricaded. what, I mean, that's what it is yeah. most of the time. Right. Hard so thing
2: is if you hear yeah. someone breaking the house, babe, you put the dogs in the bathroom cause they're protected in the corner where our bathroom is. And our, in our, our master bedroom has a bathroom. They can be in the corner. You grabbed a rifle, you get behind, you barricade behind the bed and you aim it at the door. And if you hear someone coming we have words that we use to know if it's me or not. And we communicate, but anyone opens that door besides me, do what you gotta do. Don't go looking for trouble. But if she's up here and I'm down here, I'm going to my wife. I mean, that's just the reality of it. You know, I, like I said, pray that never happens and, but you've got to have something that works and reliable and what works for me may not work for y'all. That's the other thing too, is just cause this is what I do. Doesn't mean that's what you should do. Cause I, you'll find people far more trained and, and tactics and firearms and me and they'll tell you something complete: shotgun, rifle, whatever. You just gotta do what what you're comfortable with. And with a shotgun, to me, it's it's what if my wife's behind the guy? What if someone else is behind the guy and I'm shooting buckshot at him? You know what I mean? Like somebody's gonna get hit, and uh, that's just the worst case scenario that you could be in. So, um, not the most fun topics of the world, but uh, I like are revolutionary war ball.
1: I just like to jam it down with the rod and the whole yeah. thing. Take There's a scene minutes.
2: from uh, Last Man Standing <laughs> okay. where he's got oh, a yeah. rifle. Do you remember is a that? This a great scene. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking His about. His wife walks in and she's like, uh, why are you, you know, you, your grandson's around. What if he grabs And he's like, he goes, and overpowers me? She goes, well, what if you have your back turned? He goes, he grabs it, you know, takes the thing, ramrod, pull it out, put the cap in, put percussion, ram it back in there and shoots me in the foot. <laughs> it was so freaking funny it was one of the best scenes well and the
1: and the it's just dripping with sarcasm as he's going through like every step that it would take to fire that musket like it is yeah comedy gold
2: yeah yep absolutely (laughs) absolutely Uh, oh that's hilarious that's very well done yeah Very, very well done um let's get to some more fun stuff here here's one from uh from uh, john a1 all right john has
1: to say the last two notre dame classes brought in a lot of dynamic return ability of jay price J. love c tyree k smith m bell c gray and as salty calls the great one who's your pick
2: to return kickoffs and punts of those guys on the punt return i still like Jaden greathouse as a punt returner man i really mm. do uh kick returner i mean i i I'm, I'm with Chris Tyree playing receiver. I kind of want him off a kick return now. Okay. I just want him focusing on the volume at receiver and, and learning the craft and not having to worry about taking those big hits at kick returner. And I think that's a way if Jadarian Price is healthy to get him more touches or to get Jeremiah love onto the field as a freshman yeah. and, and, Price and get love, touches, back right? returning kicks. Yeah. That's not a bad duo. Right. Jabron, maybe him too. Yeah. Uh, Micah Bell, maybe back I mean so that's a chance to get one of those guys the ball pump returners I could see Christian Gray do something like that but um uh, uh I could see him being a guy like that I could see Caleb Smith being but just Jaden Greathouse's combination of quickness and lower body strength and feel for it are are really good really really good that'd be fun yeah I, I, I there's but he John nailed the bigger point that John nailed is there's a lot of potential returns, yeah. yeah
1: that hasn't and always been the case we were,
2: yeah and we were asked you know how can the special teams get better well that's it right there be more mm-hmm. dynamic in the return game yes and but part of that scheme but part of that's just do you have a dude back there now like if chris tyree was a 4 instead of a four-three-two, he gets tackled at about midfield against wisconsin in 2021 right i mean yep, like absolutely. that guy was just fast not fast enough to get to chris tyree if chris tyree is mm-hmm. a 4-4 instead of a 4-3 then he gets tackled not still a big return but he gets tackled Right. So you got to have the ability to do it as well. I mean, that's just the the fact of the matter. And they've got a lot more guys can do it, Vince. There's mm-hmm. no doubt. A lot there's of options. No
1: a lot yeah. of options. That, I mean, you talk about position battles. Like, that's a legit position battle, in my opinion, yeah, you I know, agree. because we're going to be, okay, who's lining up during special teams returning the punts? Mm-hmm. Like, with that, we're all going to be looking at that. Right. So uh, I have a feeling that first day of practice when there's no pads and they have a special teams period. That's what they're going to be working on. They're going to be Mm -hmm. working on who's going to be returning, and that's going to be a fun one to talk about for sure.
2: Yep. Let's get to – here we go. Here's a couple fun ones, Vince.
1: All right, from Matt McCarthy, do you think the staff would take KVA and Shaw if they both wanted to come?
2: If Bradley Shaw wanted to commit first, probably they would take both. Yes. Yes. They're taking Kingston no matter what. Yeah. Like, if they get – if Kingston picks USC or Ohio State or – Whoever else now and calls him in five months and changes his mind, they're taking him. I don't care if they've already signed somebody, got somebody else. They're taking him. Um, do They'll they would they take Bradley Shaw if they already got Kingston? That I don't. I don't know the answer to that. That one I don't know. I, and I'm not saying that they wouldn't. I'm just saying I don't. I don't know the answer to that one. This is the this is the one we were talking about before huh. the show started, right?
1: Yes, it was. Rob Osgood wants to know who, in your opinion, has the dumbest mascot. This is an
2: easy one. I mean, yes. Say it, Vince. It, it's Stanford.
1: It. It's It's a tree. Like that is dumb. And they use an axe
2: as part of their <laughs> thing. It's the weirdest thing. It's the it, yeah. It's, it's lame. The Stanford Everything about trees. Stanford is lame. Their band. Their mascot. All of them. their fan base. So everything about Stanford. is I lame. would
1: rather send my kid to USC than I would to Stanford.
2: Yeah, I would. I would rather send my kid to Michigan than Stanford. Oof. yeah that's a lot yeah. and you know why vince you. and it has i know to do with sports no, no no i know i probably agree with you on that <laughs>
1: <sighs> that would be tough yeah. like you, you know, want to like, talk
2: about let's just go to trade school son <laughs> just learn to learn to trade like, i wish it, more people i wish i say in all seriousness i wish there was more of that though there are they, so many kids that go to a four-year college and crude debt where they were just like dude no go right. become an electrician go become a plumber right. Like those things are very and good and those, paying jobs those and, and respectable options are jobs.
1: out there. Like they're all out yes. there, but there's just that, it's that stigma. Ah, I gotta to go, go to learn just,
2: 18th century French poetry for some reason that will never benefit no me ever in my life. Yeah, which makes no sense. I, I yeah. wish, man, if if there was a governor or a politician that was starting to push like more associate degrees and more trade schools, and I would be all about that. I, didn't like Obama do something like that at one point in time during? His, I thought he, there was a period of time where he was pushing for more of that stuff, and I was it's like, definitely hey, possible. Right, right, right. on. I th- I think it was, it might not have been him. I Starting in junior year, you can go to the career center and you can but Man, there's do all so kinds much of, of those things out there that, and they're so good paying man. jobs, man. And you're not getting $100,000 of debt that you now want to have to kids, make somebody else to pay off.
1: Kids that are leaving high school and going into a trade like plumbing or electrician or whatever, yes. they're going to make more money than I'll ever make. Yes. Yep. And I tell them that.
2: I'm like, well, congratulations. Next week, you will make more money than me. But you said it though. There's a stigma, which is it silly is. Yeah. and stupid yes. because if if stuff goes wrong those are the people you want around right the electricians the plumbers the, the people that can do roofs and stuff like that they they bring a lot more value to me than some guy that went to a liberal arts school for four years and m- majored in some of the ridiculous majors we hear about from these schools like what how's that going to help me Yep. you know and that doesn't mean there's not value to those as well there are some pl- some degree some things where you need that education you do it's valuable Absolutely. It's just we it, I and I feel like it's a money grab. Why why do you have that as a major? Well, I have that as a major because I need more th- reasons to convince people to come waste hundreds of thousands of dollars on a degree, you know, where they could just go learn a trade and and do very well in life, right? You know, or get an associates and then go do this or whatever the case may be, you know. So you would know, be be a paralegal. You go to go to school for two years and bam, there you go. I mean, it's just, sure. there's a lot of jobs like that, but uh, I, I would go that route way before I would talk about sending my kid to Michigan <laughs> or Stanford. You know what's you know. going to happen. He's going to get, he's going to get offered
1: someplace in Michigan. Yeah. And he's not getting any other offers. Like that's going to be the one offer. Yep. yep.
2: Oh my god. I'm sorry. I'm sorry for you.
1: I know. I'm not ready I'm for that for in you. my life. Anyway, Corey Norman with a mailbag question. I know it's too early to talk about this, but. It's Friday mailbag. Looking at the 24 schedule, I do not see any truly elite opponents. Who would you project to be the toughest three teams
2: in 24? Well, I'm going to somewhat disagree with that. I think USC has a chance to be that if they can find a quarterback to replace Kelly. Because I actually think by 24, their roster is going to have enough of new high school kids that they're going to be a little bit more balanced. I think USC is going to be very good. And it's at USC. So that's number one. Florida state is a very intriguing team to me sure i, I love a lot of their talent I, I they're gonna lose a lot after this year too I'm, so it's okay what do they do in the portal next year so they're probably the next best team and then number three is a battle between miami and a m and i'd probably go with a m because i think am' is gonna have a little bit more talent and a better quarterback most likely mm. at that time because i we got to see if Tyler Van Dyke can bounce back. But I like Connor Wegman a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot. And it just comes down to does does are they able to keep some of those kids in school? I'd say probably a and a little bit over Miami, partly also because it's on the road and it's early in the season. But that's the battle between my number my number three spot. Because okay. so the rest good. of it is Northern Illinois, Purdue, Miami of Ohio, Louisville, mean, Stanford, look. Georgia Tech, Navy, and
1: Virginia. The scheduling so. quirk on, uh, for next year is that they play both Miamis. I yeah. Think.
2: Yeah, isn't that weird? I (laughs) I wonder if that's ever happened before.
1: That's what I'm saying.
2: I know that's a weird
1: question to even ask, but that's the first thing that jumped out to me. They're playing both Miamis.
2: Yeah, very strange. I'm really curious if that's ever happened before. That's very strange. Yeah. They'll have road games that year in Texas, Indiana, Georgia, New Jersey, neutral field, and then USC. So they only have one, two, three. They only have four true road games. Gosh, it's like a Michigan schedule. Or Ohio State. (laughs) Yeah. Sort of. But yeah, they have one, two, three, four, five, six, seven home games in 24. Not bad. Because they're kind
1: of getting rid of the Shamrock series thing, so that's why. Yeah. I hope that they keep it that way.
2: And if you're going to do it, do it with like Louisville or something like
1: that. Well, and if you're going to do a
2: Shamrock, like you can have a game where you
1: have a different uniform. You don't have to be someplace else.
2: And and that's something that they've doing more lately. I, I yeah. the Shamrock thing is a nice idea. I sure. just doesn't it's not something year, I would though. necessarily do every yeah. year. Right, right, right. Do something like Wisconsin Lambo. We we're, we're going to yes. set up a thing and
3: yeah, yes. but it doesn't
2: have to be every year. Right. Yeah, I agree with you on that, Vince. All right. Here's um here's an interesting one. From Coleman, out of the
1: three veteran linebackers, which one do you think will return in 24? God, they all could, couldn't they? They all have. Of the, the three, which
2: left. one? So, if we had to pick one, who's most likely to return? I would probably say J.D. Bertrand. That was going to be mine because I think he's the guy that you'd most want back, right? If you know the opportunity was there, but that would be my that would be my pick. Right? If I had to pick one, I'd say J.D. Bertrand. Yeah, that, that was gonna be yeah. mine as well, and that's
1: the and I think that's the one that Notre Dame would want back the most, right? I mean, that's yeah. they would push if they have all three. They, that's who they're gonna push to keep. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. From Nate, should we be worried that if Nebraska gets on track with Matt Rule, it'll be another Midwest team fighting Notre Dame for recruits? I,
2: I have never, I have never understood this mentality of should you be worried? Like, you're Notre Dame, you shouldn't be worried. Right. Exactly. If there's another team out there, just another team to battle, baby. That's the way I look at it. But and and, and honestly, Notre Dame and Nebraska aren't going to battle for a lot of kids. They're just not. Now, no, Nebraska beat them for Carter Nelson. They beat Nebraska for Nate Roberts. It's, you know, it's, you beat them for Teddy Rezac. They you know, now you're battling for Christian Jones, but it's not going to be a ton. And all those kids were from the Nebraska, Oklahoma right. that that region. Right. You're not going to battle them a ton. More likely, they're going to go down to Texas and take a kid from Texas. They're going to go out to California right. and take a kid from UCLA. They're going to right. take a kid from a, from you know Michigan or Penn State. You're not going to recruit against them a ton. Not a lot of head to head battles there. I don't think. I, I think college football is better when the power when the traditional powerhouses are good. I do, I, and I know that sounds weird, but like I, I like it when Nebraska's good. I, sure. I like it when Miami's good. Florida State's good. Clemson's good. Ohio State's good. Michigan's good. Penn State's good. UCLA's good. It just the, the game is better. I'm sorry, with all due respect to TCU, it was a great story, but I would have much rather seen Texas at their best playing. Against Michigan last year and Georgia, because those teams have a better shot if they're run correctly of being competitive in sure. those games. I, I just think the game is better when the powerhouses are good. I think that's good for Notre Dame too. I do. Uh, if you're doing what you need to do, doesn't matter what anybody else does. So if I will put it like this: If you're worried about Nebraska, then you've got problems. If you're <laughs> a Notre Dame football coach, sure. right? Like you just, you like, come on, man, just handle your business, right? You're going, you're going to be going after mostly good kids, but. You know, I, probably not the answer you wanted to hear. I just – I'm not worried about – I'm worried about Ohio State. I'm worried about Alabama, and Clemson, and Georgia. If I, I'm not looking behind. I'm not. Right. Do your job, and you don't have to worry about people catching you. And don't do take, your job, and then you got to look over your shoulder.
1: It's going to take a lot to get Nebraska up to the level of the recruiting that Notre is going to be doing. That's sure. why they're not going to be sure. a bunch of head-to-head And, and even situations. when they were great, they didn't
2: go against them a ton. Right. Exactly. Because they were recruiting different parts of the country. They were doing JUCOs. It was just a different animal. Right. just a just completely different animal all right here's uh um, here's one for um from jason smith all right this is, you does can sam, answer this one vince this is an easy okay. one does sam hartman get with his wide receivers during the
1: off time in the summer and throw to get their timing with each other absolutely they're doing seven on sevens all the time because remember they're they're all on campus so they're in summer school summer school and workouts only take up so much time like These guys are getting together all the time. And Brian and I talked about this a little bit earlier. Summer's the time for your, your camaraderie and your bonding and your timing and all of that stuff. That all happens with player led seven on sevens and, and player led workouts and all of these different things. That's pretty much all they're doing that involves a football is they're doing like seven on seven stuff. And so they're getting together all the time. It's, it's, Coach dictated, player led, right? Uh, Seven on seven situations, but of course, look, who benefits the most from Sam Hartman having a good year this year? Sam Hartman. Yeah, I promise you, he's putting in the work because he wants to win win too. Absolutely absolutely wants to win. Yeah, yes, because that only helps him from an individual standpoint and from a team standpoint. I'm not saying he puts his individual like stats in the four. That's not what I'm saying. But what I'm saying is a successful Notre Dame. Equals a successful Sam Hartman moving forward. It's why he came yeah. here in the first place. Yeah, guarantee you he's putting in the work with these guys over the summer. Guaranteed.
2: I'm doing. I'm looking something up because what somebody just said cannot be cannot be accurate.
1: <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> I gotta look this up. Hold on a second. <laughs> okay.
2: No, they they were wrong. Some somebody. Okay, I I knew he was messing with me. Joe Medina said. Uh, Del- Medina said Delta State has the fighting okra. That can't be right. <laughs> Their their is, nickname is, is, the, such a... is the statesman. Oh, okay. That's what their nickname is, but is their mascot? Is that do they do they have? A, no, that can't be. <laughs> I mean, it is, it's a fighting okra. Their mascot is... is it really? It is.
1: That's uh... the
0: stupidest
2: thing I've ever seen in my entire life. I'm gonna pull it up right now, Vince. You can see it. Oh. Good. Okay, guys, I was going to look it. it up. It is. Okay. It is an. I was like, no, he's messing with me. There's no way that's a, a real thing. No way that that's a real thing. Hold on a second. This is great. This is great. That's a freaking fighting oak. Oh my gosh. And that's like on
1: the front page of their athletic website too. I don't know.
2: It's like in some story. But can you?
1: That's hilarious that they're trying to do a fundraiser to replace the okra suit, too, by the I way. I thought, thought that was hilarious.
2: I thought he was joking. Wow. I really thought he was joking. But that's a real thing. <laughs> it looks like an oven mitt, somebody
1: said. It, it does. does look like an oven mitt. It really does.
2: <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Thank you for that, man. That was That was phenomenal. That was absolutely phenomenal. So uh, somebody asked me what I think of Dre Brown's tweet earlier, uh, guys. I don't read into people's tweets if they don't say what they mean. I don't spend a lot of time reading into it. Like I read between the lines. Yeah, I just, I yeah. just don't. I, I really don't. If they want to know, if they want me to know what they're talking about, they'll tell me. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, here here here's an interesting one, Vince.
1: Ooh, what's your dream? You know, what's your dream car is the question from Irish Irish Guardian, Knot. Here's a funny thing. I went, my wife and I were set up on a blind date. Okay. And we went to TGI Fridays for the date. It was going really well. We're driving home. And I'm surprised that my wife agreed to a second date after the answer to this question. She asked me this question. She's a car person. She loves cars, mm-hmm. whatever. She's like, What's your dream car? I'm like, One that's paid off. Like, I don't care. Nice. Like, that doesn't matter to me. <laughs> as long as I don't have a car payment, I don't care. And she looked at me. Like, what are you talking about? And to this day, that's
2: still my answer. I don't,
1: it doesn't Here's why she went on a second
2: date with you though, Vince. She went home, complained to her mom and dad about your stupid answer. (laughs) And then her dad was like, no, honey, that means he's going to pay off and buy whatever you, he doesn't care. So that means you can have whatever dream car you want and he's going to pay for it. Because that's (laughs) all he cares about is paying for it. Normally... With, I mean, let's be honest. If a woman has a dream car, it's going to take second fiddle to the man's dream car. in in, in the stereotypical scenario, right? Well, in this situation, Ben, you're like, I don't care. <laughs> I just i was pay for. I would not been paid for. Yep. Well, now she can get whatever dream car she wants. Mine is a Mustang. I actually had my okay. dream car. I loved the Mustang. And yeah, if I could, if I could buy a new car for me, like the car we bought was for me and Ange. You know, and if we're gonna travel, and it was a it was an us car. Yep. And she told me what we need to make, you know, at, at IB for me to be able to go out and buy my own car just for me. I said, when you do this, then you can go out and buy you a new car. I said, okay, cool. That's why I don't go to bed till 3, 4 o'clock in the morning every night because I'm trying to make that thing go, But it would be a new Mustang. That would be it. Nice. So I would, I would, if it was just like a me car, I'd go buy that. That's a awesome. Yeah, I love those cars. So I, I actually had my own car. And I'm not even really a car guy anymore. I'm now more of an SUV kind of guy now. But if it was just like a me car, uh, yeah, it's still
1: Mustang. There's like three yeah. things I want in a car. You know what I mean? Like, you uh, have to have Bluetooth. It's got to have air conditioning, and it's got to not break down. Like, that's yeah. really
2: I don't I get even get all care. that. Gets There's nothing wrong me, with man. walking out to it and being like, yeah, that's a sharp car right there.
1: Bro. You're not, you're not yeah. like if you give me the option between like what I just said and like right. you know a Mustang, you're yeah. gonna take the Mustang all day. There's no yeah. doubt about that.
2: That's still my dream car. Yeah, still I hear my you. dream car. Yep. So, um, yeah, so I mean, I, I had it, though, for a time. It's just I didn't. Yeah. Buy it. my parents bought it. Yeah. You know? hear, yeah. So, yeah. All right. We saw we pull up that one. Let's see here. Uh, here's a question from also another one from Irish Gordian.
1: OK, it says, what is the development plan for Cole Mullins? Start as a Viper, then transitioning to big end by his junior year. What would it look like if he's stuck at Viper?
2: Well, I'll, I'll go with the last one first. It would look a lot like it did with Isaiah Foskey. You know, he, he's a big, strong, long rangy, pure defensive end that's playing Viper. I think he can do that certainly. As far as transitioning to big end, it's just whenever the need or his body says that's what you need to do. Mm-hmm. That's it. It could happen as freshman year, it could happen as junior, year, it could happen never. You know, it just, it, right. Usually those things are determined, honestly. Uh, and It's a good question, are determined by uh, the need at the position. Like Aiden Gobyra moved over to field end a little faster than expected. Because his body's not ready yet, but the need was there. He's got to start learning it because they're they're lacking numbers, and so I think those things usually tend to have more to do with it than than uh, hey, you know, by your junior year we're going to move you. It could be yeah. that, but it, I don't know if that's necessarily a plan. It's usually about benchmarks and need. You know, you can't play that until you're this, but you know, otherwise, you know, or is but look, he could be two seventy as long as he can still move like a viper. There's no reason to move him unless yeah. you just need him at somewhere else more. Got this next one. Pete Weber, he
1: says, has there been any talk about what a playoff game in South Bend would look like at Notre Dame Stadium? Are they going to make any changes to the stadium or the environment for that? Any discussions on that? I would guess they're not going to – I mean, they're not going to make changes to the stadium. It's going to be like oh, It would
2: be. it would be kind of like what they do with the big home games, you know, like with the fireworks and some stuff like that that they do a little different like for Clemson last year, you know.
3: But no, there's going to be
2: nothing different from the state. I mean, they're not going to like add new bleachers or, you know, to make more. There's no one to do that, really. I mean, it would just be the firework, especially also partly depend on when the game is played, but it would just be stuff like that and raise the prices of everything. That's the other thing that they would do if uh, there was a game played at home. You know, here's (laughs) the one thing I would
1: wonder, Brian, if Notre Dame hasn't done it themselves already, I wonder if for a college football playoff game, if they would have to sell alcohol um, because they do it yes. for concerts. They do it for concerts at Notre Dame stadium, yeah.
2: but they don't sell done... alcohol at Notre Dame games.
1: Not to mind. I mean, I don't people haven't so.
2: consumed enough in the parking lot. Why? <laughs>
1: well, like, it's, I, Right. But I just, I wonder if that would be like a, since it's kind of run by the college football playoff, like if that, if they would be forced to do that, I don't know. I just throwing yeah. it out there. That's you a know. good question.
2: It's the only major change question. I
1: could even think of.
2: Yeah, it's a very good question. Here's a quick super chat. Vince, I'll go ahead and read this one and just answer it real fast. Uh, this cool. is hilarious, by the way. Thank you, Nathan. He says, do pro players get a pension? If so, what is the age requirement? Does st- and Ben currently qualify? If they had an age limit for it, yes, he would qualify. Uh, but in all seriousness, uh, pensions are, there is, a, I don't know if they call it a pension, but like I have a, I had a buddy who played for the Chargers for like three years and he was getting paid up until we were coaching together and he had been out of league for a few years. So there is something like that. Uh, it's, but it's more about time served, so to speak, mm-hmm. in the league as opposed yeah. to age. Yeah. Uh, so that's what it boils down to: is how long were you in, and you had to be on a roster for like X amount of years or something like that. It's, it's something along, along those lines is is where that comes from. But that's yep. a really, I love the saltiness of that's that. That's a great of that question.
1: Fantastic.
2: Yeah. Yeah, it's really, really well done, my friend. That's that's some, that's the kind of pettiness we love and appreciate here at Irish Breakdown. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yes, we do. Alex Martinez says, speaking of 24, I'm planning on going to a after six years in the Navy. After being a lifelong Notre Dame fan, parents went to Notre Dame. How would you go
2: for it? Well, oh, who? who would you go for in my shoes? Love the show, guys. Keep it up. Man, you're just going to AM because that degree is going to work for you, man. That's 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 all you good. But once Notre you Dame. leave there, you ne- you still cheer for Notre Dame, man. There's oh, no, no there's not even a question. Now, if you got some people that are giving you a hard time and you gotta outwardly pretend you're cheering, but on the inside go <laughs> Irish, you gotta do what you gotta to do to survive, baby. Right, you know? but uh no, you you don't need to stop being a fan of Notre Dame just because a particular degree track is working gonna work for you to X ex- A and Text So no, that's an easy one, my my friend. First of all. Thank you for your service Yes, uh, being in the Navy for six years and congratulations on choosing a, a, a new life plan. So we we're happy for you, but there's no reason for you to free to not be a Notre Dame fan anymore. You're still, still roofing. Now you can have a, you know, I root for Texas A&M and every other game that they're not playing Notre Dame.
3: Exactly. That's basically what it
2: comes down to for me. So that's, that's a good one. That's a good one. This is another interesting one, Vince.
1: All right. Which from John a one, which team would have a better chance at winning a title? 2015 with Bayless strength, golden as DC, or 23 with Sheldon Day and Romeo Aquora? Who
2: man. I'm going to go. That is a tough one. N- knowing what we know about the 2015 team, I'm going to go with 23 because of the injuries. Now, if you could also say, okay, but that twenty fifteen team stays healthy, Malik's your starting quarterback for the entire year, Jaron Jones doesn't get hurt, Sean Crawford doesn't get hurt, Torrey Folson doesn't get hurt, right? So, yeah, if that would be it, then then okay, in that case, I would say the fifteen team. But yeah, that's a. T- but I tell you what, man, there's not a bad answer there, John. I, those are both good answers. Now, if you were to say Bayless with Mike Elko. 15 15 like no doubt no doubt my thought would be that joe that, that that al golden would be smart enough to play like Greer martini or niles morgan and mike and not brian van Gorder. but that would be my fear with al golden because he's not he's way better than brian van Gorder, way better than brian van Gorder. Yeah. but there's yeah. still that concern of would you still play joe schmidt and 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 I'll say this: the thirteen, the the twenty three team also to me, Vince has a lot more depth on defense. That 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 this team, that team had a lot more depth. So I'm going to go with the twenty three team with Sheldon okay. and Romeo. Could you imagine with Batelho and those guys and and because then you'd have Javante Jean Baptiste and Batelho playing Viper, you'd have Romeo playing big end. And you'd have Sheldon playing three technique and Riley playing nose with Howard crosses. Oh my gosh. That'd be one heck of a D line. That's a lot of that'd depth lot there of up front. Yeah. Yeah. That'd be a lot of fun right there, man. We're going to get this last couple of events. Cause I know you got to run here. You got to get ready for the next. <laughs> <laughs> switch show. rooms. it go do got to go. We do have a super chat here that I wanted to get to before we get out of here as well.
1: Nice. Thank you very much. Andrew Gilmore for the super chat. Are there any analysts helping Parker with the OSU game plan? Uh, G. Patterson put the game plan together for Texas uh, against Bama, and it was great. Why can't we do the same, pull out all the stops to win that game?
2: They do. I mean, they have, it, they have advanced scouting. That's also part of the reason they're going to make a new hire soon, the guy that's leaving West Virginia they're going to mm-hmm. hire. My understanding is they're expanding the advanced scouting department, and that'll be part of it. Cause to me, the advanced scouting department should work hand in hand with the people doing the transfer portal scouting. That, yep. That's those two things should go hand in hand because it's right. kind of a similar thing. Yeah. But yeah, they do that. GAs do that. Analysts do that. Notre Dame has people that are doing that. There's no doubt. Um, you know, uh, yeah, the Gary Patterson that worked for Alabama didn't work against some other teams on the schedule. I mean, it's just <laughs> right. one of those deals. Right. So, but uh, yeah, they have people doing that and it's, to me, advanced scouting is incredibly important for a coach, man. If you have good analysts and good GAs or whoever doing good, like you're, I trust them when they give me the, the the readouts and the film and stuff, and they give me their overview of what before I dive into film, I I trust it. That's a great a great resource to have, right? People like that. basketball does it all the time. Like you get assigned yeah.
1: games and you you know whatever, whatever, yeah. and, it's and the same and thing.
2: Thank you for the super chat, Andrew. But that's a really good question. I'm a big. That's why I feel I keep saying. It's those things I care more about. Notre Dame investing money into Absolutely. It's that. It's the strength program. It's it's the facilities to a degree, but it's it's, well, it's the, the facilities it's to the house mental, all those people. Right. It's the mental health. Yes. It's expanding the right. recruiting department, the transfer portal department, the, the the back end people. Like those are the v- invaluable things that can take some of the, the the work off of my shoulders as the OC. To where this week I'm just worried about because like when I was coaching thir- Friday, I'm spending all day Friday doing the advanced scouting for the next opponent to have that ready for Sunday. And we still got a game to play because right. we didn't have GAs that could do that. Analysts could do that. We had to do all that stuff. You sure. know what I mean? And so like when I was at Christopher Newport, I literally had four titles. I was the assistant head coach. I was the pass game coordinator. I was a recruiting coordinator and I was the video coordinator. Cause I also had to make sure all the video people were recording practice and doing all that and getting, I mean, so like, that's what you had to do. I mean, at that yeah. level, you got to do, you got to wear like, so like, I'm going from a meeting with the admissions department over to financial aid, sent down with the people that are going to, the students and people are going to recording our practice, then go make, you know what I mean? So if you can have people that can do all that stuff and you can just focus on, I got to go beat Ohio state this week, right? Or I got to go beat NC state this week. Cause I know those cats over there are grinding away, breaking down everything they can about Ohio state. That's huge. That's huge, and that's why you see these teams bringing in these former head coaches and former coordinators and long tenured info coaches because you're getting guys with a really good advanced eye. Yep. I just think you can also there's also some really good young smart coaches that are young guys that are going to be really good at that stuff too. I don't think it always has to be some you know fired coaches association person that is that is doing that. Give me a, right. a, a, a division one starting court former division one starting quarterback who knows how to freaking study film and is a really smart dude. He can do that type of role as well at a high level. Uh, it just doesn't bring the name recognition that it might from some other places, and that's really what it boils down to. Where people get a little fired up about that one. So, um, and then uh, last one, Vince. Before we go, I just wanted—I definitely wanted to get this one before we left. Oh Archer.
1: man, Archer says, "What made you fall in love with the game of football?" And a follow-up: Why do you still love it?
2: What's it, the, the the reason? I. I well, I, why I love it now is different than why I fell in love. When I fell in love, it was just watching John Elway and watching Notre Dame. I just fell in love with the game. And part of it was my parents wouldn't let me play football as a kid. So it was kind of like that thing that, 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 you know, you, was, you, you want this and they fruit. won't let you have it. There's you know, it's like fruit, exactly. Man. Yeah. And, and, you know, I love playing it out back doors, but I was always trying to be John Elway when I was playing out in the yard and playing at recess and stuff like that. I just loved watching him play. I, I loved the physicality of it more than other sports and things like that. Why do I still love it? Because I feel like football more than any other sport is so related to where success on the football field and success in life have a lot of carryover with football, teamwork, camaraderie, mental toughness, physical toughness, pushing yourself beyond your boundaries, um, you know, strategy. There's so much about football that has helped me be a good business owner that things that I learned yeah. as a player and coach that helped me as a, as a, as a husband, as a employer, as an employee, there's so many life lessons. That's why we draw on the military examples because that's real life. And this thing kind of, kind of, you know, helps you you understand the need for, I got to trust the dude next to me. Right. Right. Or I can't survive. Right. And so I just feel like that's something that I just love about football. And, and again, I, it's the toughest it's the most mentally tough sport in the business because you can't be physically tough if you're not mentally tough and this is a game that will make cowards out of some dudes that might otherwise look like studs Mm -hmm. but if they don't have it here and they don't have it here it'll make you it'll make a coward out of you and uh there's just something about that that's um, which is funny to say for the quarterback whose job was to never get hit right you know but I did play some defense in my life, but there's just something to be said about that, about why I love the game.
1: Yeah, I mean, it, it was the camaraderie for me. I started playing in fifth grade and I just loved my teammates and being like that of all the sports I ever played. Like football just had that camaraderie more than any other sport, at least for me. Yeah, And so that's why I enjoyed it so much playing fifth, sixth, seventh, eighth and into high school, et cetera. Like that was that was it for me. Uh, yep. I enjoyed it. I loved it. And then got away from it, you know, after high school, just did the college thing and the whole, and then jumping back in, you know, with analyzing and coaching. Like, I think my love for the game actually grew when I started coaching even more so than when I was a player, because then like when I was a player, I knew what I was supposed to do. I had no idea what anybody else was supposed to do. Like that just wasn't, you know, I did my job and, but I love the guys like my best friends are still guys i played football with you know what i mean but then when i became a coach and i understand or i started to understand what every single guy was supposed to do on the offense and how it all had to work together and then the strategy part of it and the game planning part of it and the guys that i coached with had now became like my best friends because there's a camaraderie there and no other coaching staff i've ever been on is the same as a football coaching staff mm-hmm. because you are with each other all the time and you get so close to those guys, and that's where it become. That's where the still love came for me. I fell deeper in love with football as a coach, and then being able to talk to guys like Brian about the strategy of the game and the X's and O's, and then being able to do this kind of a thing like, I'm in, like I'm all in, you know. And and that's where it got for me.
2: Yeah, good stuff, Vince uh michael s thank you for the super chat we're not gonna have time to answer that a ton uh has any notre dame player transferred to another school and performed better than notre dame yes dorsey levins kent graham are some old school names that transferred played better uh quinn carroll has done a really nice job at minnesota since transferring so there have been some guys we could get into it it's a longer list than that but those are a couple of guys off uh, the head. kid that went to florida state uh the lineman um dylan gibbons dylan yep. gibbons, gibbons. yeah i think that yep. was a good move for him yep take us out of here vince All right. Hey, everybody. Thanks for joining us
1: on another edition of the Friday Free For All Mailbag. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you hit the subscribe button. Make sure you hit that notification bell because you just never know when there might be another show. For Brian, I'm Vince, and we'll catch you next time on the Friday Free For All Mailbag. But make sure you join. Just hop on over to the other room. We're hopping on over. It's uh, Rapid Fire Friday over in the other room. So come join us. That's where I'm headed. Have a good day, everybody. Thanks for joining us. Our springtime
2: podcast.